You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Psalm 119, and we'll begin reading in verse number 73. And if we can read verses 73 through verse number 80 together. Again, Psalm 119, verse 73, and we will read verse 73 to verse 80 together. If you're there, say amen. amen. If you're not, say oh me. Amen. Psalm 119 and verse 73, ready? Begin. Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. They that fear thee will be glad when they see me because I have hoped in thy word. I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right, and that thou in faithfulness hast afflicted me. Let, I pray thee, thy merciful kindness be for my comfort, according to thy word unto thy servant. Let thy tender mercies come unto me, that I may live, for thy law is my delight. Let the proud be ashamed, for they dealt perversely with me without a cause. But I will meditate in thy precepts. Let those that fear thee turn unto me, and those that have known thy testimonies. Let my heart be sound in thy statutes, that I be not ashamed. Thank you. You may be seated. Don't you love the Bible? I am so thankful that we have the Word of God, and uh, I don't know, maybe in January we'll bring back that song, I love the old Bible, the precious old Bible. We need the Bible, friend, I'm telling you, it's the only book that you can count on, uh, that you know that it will be true today, and it'll be true next month, and it'll be true next year, and it'll be true forever and ever. It is forever settled in heaven. And uh, this particular psalm, Psalm 119, is all about the Bible. And David gives us all of these verses just to talk about what the Bible meant to him. I want to tell you, I hope the Bible is special to you. I hope the Bible is dear to you. I want you to notice in Psalm 119, and we'll try to get through these verses if we don't, and we'll just finish another time. But notice with me verse 76. Let I pray thee... Thy merciful kindness be for my comfort according to thy word unto thy servant. You find that phrase in the Bible, according to thy word, speaking of God's word, you find it 17 times in the whole Bible. Eight of those times are found in this psalm alone. I love the fact that David says, God, I am living my life according to your word. I'm not living according to what I think or what I feel or what somebody else says, but God, I'm living my life according to what you have said. And I want to tell you, friend, tonight, that's the best way and the only way to live, to live according to the word of God. Lord, I pray you'd help us speak to our hearts. We pray in these few moments we're together. I thank you for the great singing. I thank you for the great time of fellowship we've enjoyed. I thank you for uh, the time of prayer we've had, the time of offering. I pray your blessing upon the pastor's pals. I thank you for those workers. Thank you for our nursery workers. 
Thank you for our sound men, our radio uh, uh, folks that are working in that ministry. I thank you for those running the camera and doing the video so that our service could be online tonight. I thank you for uh, each and every uh, person who has served in singing in the choir and ushers and greeters. And I thank you for the faithfulness of your people today and every Sunday. Lord, I am amazed at your goodness to us. I pray you'd speak to our hearts in the time we're together now. In Jesus' name, amen. Notice verse number 73, if you would. David writes and he says, Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. That word fashioned, it means to be set up, it means to be established, it, it literally means to be arranged. Now I want to tell you, I'm amazed when I read the account of creation. But you know what's amazing to me is that creation, God created the heavens and the earth. And you know what God did to create the, the, the light? You know what God did to create the, the sea and the dry ground? You know what God did to create the animals, the birds and the fish and the, the land animals, God simply spoke the words. That's all he had to do. But then when he got to man, God didn't just speak, although he could have. But the Bible says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. That word formed is literally, it's the word fashioned. God took the dust of the ground and he made man in his own image and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. I think here David is amazed. He says, Lord, I can't believe that you would create all this, that you would create the sun, the moon, the stars, and all you did was just speak. But when it came to man, God created us with his hands. He formed, he fashioned man. I want to tell you this, I think we ought to be thankful for the way that God made us. Now, if you, and I, this is a terrible time to say this because probably most of us have done this, but if you sit on the couch and eat potato chips and uh, eat uh, frozen pizzas and drink soda all day, every day, don't blame that on God, you know, if you're not healthy or, you know, if you're whatever. But can I tell you, you ought to be happy and be very thankful for the way that God made you. You ought to be thankful for how tall you are, or how short you are, or, or how wide you are, or how uh, thin you are. You, I, I, know, I know you're not going to believe this, but you ought to be thankful if you've got a full head of hair, or not very much. You ought to be thankful for the family that God puts you in. You ought to be thankful for the place, the church where God puts you. You ought to be thankful for everything that God did. Now, I understand there are some things that you and I could change. You say, well, you know, I, 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 I flunked every grade in school because I never studied. Well, don't blame that on God, okay? But God gave you that mind. God gave you those eyes to see. God gave you those ears to hear. God gave you the health and the strength. And God has given you and I life. And God has given us breath. And he's given us all those things. And I want to remind you that God doesn't create junk. God doesn't make no junk. You are special. You are valuable in the sight of God. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, we are his masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Be thankful for who you are. Be thankful for how God made you. You know what Hollywood tells you? Hollywood tells you that if you don't have a certain skin tone, 
you don't have a certain hair color, if you don't have a certain size or a certain shape, or if you don't have a, a, a certain look, then you're nothing. And I tell you what, I don't really care a whole lot what Hollywood thinks, but I do care what God thinks. God made me and God made you. And I hope we'll always recognize the fact that we have been made by the master designer. We have been created by Almighty God. David said, thy hands have made me and fashioned me. I'm thankful for the work that God has done, but I'm thankful for the work that God is doing. The Bible says in Philippians 3 that there is coming a day when God shall change our vile body, our, our, our fleshly body, and it will be fashioned like unto his glorious body. You see, what you see now, this isn't all there's ever going to be. Someday there's going to be a Jeremy Coburnat without flesh. There's going to be a Jeremy Coburnat that doesn't get old, that doesn't make mistakes, uh, that doesn't ever get tired, that doesn't ever uh, uh, get irritated. Hallelujah for that. All of, all of our staff said amen there. One of these days, there's going to be a glorified body for you and me if we're saved. And God will fashion us like unto his glorious body. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, you know the verse, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose, because for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Did you know every day, you and I, we ought to be conformed to be more and more like Jesus? The problem is we're in a world that is filled with sin. We are in a body that is controlled so many times by the flesh. And if we're going to be more and more like Jesus, we're going to have to get in this book more and more. We're going to have to get on our knees more and more, and we're going to have to crucify the flesh, and we're going to have to say yes to the Holy Spirit more and more and more every day. David said, thy hands have made me and fashioned me. And then David says, Lord, would you please give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. Now think about this. And I, I'm not going to use a, uh, a brand or a, a particular uh, model of a car because I, don't, I know if I say Ford, I know some of you to come up after church and say, well, we know about Fords, you know, what, what's that? Uh, fix or repair daily, right? Is that what it stands for? Uh, oh, those Chevys, whatever. But if you had a car and if you wanted to know how to keep that car running on a day-to-day -day basis, you know who you talk to? You talk to the one that made it. You talk to the one that designed it. I want to tell you, God not only created us, but God knows what we need for every day. God knows the understanding and the learning, and God knows the things that we need to help us to live a life that is successful and a life that is uh, victorious and a life that has purpose. God fashions us daily through his word. Have you ever noticed that you think you're doing okay, and you get in the book, and God will show you something, and you say, ooh. I'm not doing so well in that area. I need to fix that. Or maybe you come to church and that old preacher gets up and he starts hollering and spitting about all this stuff and you think, man, I was feeling pretty good until I came to church. Well, I hope it's not the preacher that makes you feel bad, but I hope it's the Holy Spirit of God that points out areas that need to be changed. David says, thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. Verse 74, they 
that fear thee will be glad when they see me because I have hoped in thy word. Number one is the word fashion. We've been fashioned by God. Number two, the word is fear. They that fear thee, David says, those people that fear you, God, David says, they're going to be glad when they see me. Interesting. Did you know that the people of God, the people that love God, the people that want to serve God are glad when they see somebody else that wants to serve God? You know what, you know what makes me really glad? When I come to church and I see I'm not the only one. I see I'm not the only one that wants to do something. I see I'm not the only one that cares about the Bible. I see I'm not the only one uh, that has shortcomings and mistakes and I'm human and flesh just like you are and like we all are. But you know, that's what the church does for us. It encourages us. Hebrews 10, 25, uh, that we are to exhort one another. David says, the ones that fear thee, they're going to be glad when they see me. Here's why. Because I have hoped in thy word. That word hope, it means to wait for, to anticipate, or to trust. And David said, God, my hope is in your word. When you come to church, and when I come to church, I think we'll be encouraged every time when we see that there are others that come to church who are hungry for and hoping in the word of God. And, and, and we're, we're saying, I believe this book. I'm hoping in this book. I'm trusting in this book. My life and everything I have is all based upon the authority of the word of God. I see number one, the fashioning. Number two, the fear. Number three is the faith. David says, I have hoped in thy word. David said, my confidence, God, is not in the stock market. My confidence is not in the real estate market. My confidence is not in my corporation. My confidence is not in my 401k. My confidence is not in a person or a company. My confidence is not even in a church. But God, my confidence, my hope is in thy word. Friend, I want to tell you, that's where our confidence needs to be placed in the word of God. Look at verse 75, please. David said, I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right. And that thou in faithfulness hast afflicted me. Now think about this, verse 75, David says, I know that thy judgments are right. That word right is literally the word righteous. Psalm 19, David wrote and said, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Now we have in our, in our nation, we have, we have seen, or I don't know if you've seen any of it. I saw clips and I read more about it than I saw. But we have had some major trials that have been going on in our country recently. And the case has been present, presented by the prosecution. And then uh, the defense has been presented. And the jury has heard these cases. And the jury has decided uh, a, a verdict. And then a judge has handed down a sentence. And all of that has happened. I've been amazed at just the, the little that I knew. I've been amazed to hear reactions and to hear people say, well, that was not right. Or that wasn't enough. Or that was this. Or that was that. And friend, I want to tell you. When there's a human element involved, there's always a possibility that somebody didn't get it right. And those cases, I'm not, I'm not 
you know, I'm not talking about those cases and all that from everything I saw and what I read. I think those cases were right and all that. But I'm just saying that when you hear about a case that goes to trial, there may be somebody that's not telling the truth. There may be a witness. Uh, there may be uh, the, the person accused who is telling a story. You never know. You may have a juror that is biased. You may have a judge that doesn't get it right. But when you enter the courtroom of a holy God, he has never got it wrong. His judgments are righteous. They are right all together. You put all the cases and all the situations that God has ever dealt with and every one, he has a perfect score. He has never made a mistake. That ought to make you feel good. That God is always right and God is always just. Nobody's going to lie about you. Nobody's going to tell God a story about you that's not true. But then there's a problem. Because although I'm thankful that God is just, I know that justice demands a payment. And I've got a problem, and so do you. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And a God that is just cannot allow that sin to go unpunished. A God that is holy cannot allow that sin to, to go without being atoned or paid for. And I tell you, we're in trouble. Because although I'm glad God is just, I know that I'm a sinner. Verse 75, it says, I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right. But then look at verse number 76. David says, but Lord... I need some of that merciful kindness about now. David says, Lord, I praise you and I thank you for being always right and always just. But Lord, would you please send some mercy my way? I pray thee, thy merciful kindness be for my comfort. Kindness is goodness. And of course, you know what mercy is. Mercy is that you and I do not get what we deserve. What we deserve is judgment. What we deserve is hell. What we do deserve is to pay the price for our sins. You say, well, how does a holy God allow those sins to be, to be, to be uh, forgiven? And not only forgiven, but God allows us to be justified. That means that when God looks at our record, because we've been saved, there, there's nothing there. Uh, there's not a list of sins with a line through them. There's no list. Those sins are gone. Those sins have been removed. It is just as if I'd never sinned. I've been justified. How does that happen? Can I tell you there's only one way? Somebody had to pay the price. And that somebody was Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the spotless Lamb, whose blood was shed so that we could have forgiveness and cleansing and justification. Aren't you glad for God's mercy? David says, let thy tender mercies come unto me. Now that word may not seem like a big deal to you. You say, well, hey, mercy is mercy, right? I could, I could uh, uh, tell my girls, I could say, all right, girls, you're in trouble, but I guess I'm not going to punish you. I'm going to show you mercy. 
That's mercy. But that's not very tender, is it? So you know, it's amazing. God not only shows mercy, but he shows tender mercy. He shows compassionate mercy. He shows grace. He loves us. He cares about us. When God forgives us and God shows us mercy, it's not a business transaction, but it's a loving heavenly father showing mercy to his children that he loves and his children that he cares for. You see, God's judgments are right, but David said, Lord, I need more than just your judgment. I need your mercy. I think that's one of the reasons why David wrote in Psalm 23, he said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Why do you need goodness and mercy all the days? Because God is righteous and God is holy and God is just. And without God's mercy, we all would be in trouble. But I'm thankful for the mercy of God. Go back with me, if you would, to verse number 75. I know, Lord, that thy judgments are right and that thou in faithfulness. Number four is the word faithfulness. Not only the faith, the, the hope, and the, the trust in thy word, but number four, the faithfulness of God. David says, thou in faithfulness hast afflicted me. That word afflicted there, we've looked at it throughout Psalm 119, but an affliction is a problem. Uh, affliction is trouble. Affliction is not something that we would choose. In this case, that word affliction, it literally has the idea of humbling someone. I don't like to be humbled, do you? I don't. I don't like to be told, hey, you didn't do that right. Hey, you messed up. I don't like it when I'm going fast on Interstate 95. Unlike others on staff that go fast on Interstate 95 and they get away with it. But I, I'm going fast on Interstate 95 and somebody pulls me over and says, you can't do that. You know, that's humbling, isn't it? But you know, God has a way of afflicting us or humbling us to protect us from destroying ourselves. God has a way of humbling us to get our attention so that we don't make things worse, so we don't get into more trouble, so that we don't go further down the road and have a life that is, in, that is shattered and that is in pieces. God's faithfulness. Aren't you glad for a faithful God that even when he afflicts us, even when he punishes us, even when he humbles us, it's not because he hates us, it's because he loves us. It's because he cares about us. Verse number 76, let I pray thee thy merciful kindness be for my comfort. Isn't it comforting to know that a holy God is also a merciful God and a God with kindness towards us. Verse 77, let thy tender mercies come unto me that I may live for thy law is my delight. Number five, I want you to see the word favor. David says again, God, I, I'm not asking for your judgment, not asking for your, your justice, because David says, I need more than that. I need your kindness. I need your mercy. I need your goodness. I need you to give me something that I don't deserve, and I need you to not give me something that I do deserve. And God's kindness brings comfort. Isn't it comforting to know that we have a God 
who is not only kind, he is not only merciful, he is not only good, but he is tender. I'll close with this thought. God is tender with us. God is gracious with us. But I wonder if we show that tenderness to others. Do you ever ever feel guilty sometimes because God has been so gracious and so kind to us and then we snap at everybody else? You look at all the things God has done for us and all the goodness and all the mercy that God has showed us and then we explode over really something trivial. Maybe it's with our own family sometimes. Maybe it's with our our co-workers. Maybe it's with the people we're closest to and, and sometimes we don't show that tenderness. Ephesians 4.32, the Bible reminds us that we are to be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. As we enjoy the blessings and as we enjoy the benefits of God's mercy and tenderness towards us, let's show that mercy and that tenderness to somebody this week. Let's show it to our spouse. Let's show it to our children. Let's show it to the employees. Let's show that to the customers. Let's show that to the neighbors. Let's show that to people in this world that need to know that there's somebody who could help to point them to Christ because they don't respond like the world responds. They respond with the love grace of God. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.